Support for The Real Pink Podcast comes from Amgen Oncology. Amgen Oncology strives to serve patients by transforming the promise of science and biotechnology into therapies that have the power to restore health or save lives. Amgen is developing innovative medicines like biosimilars for difficult to treat cancers and is proud of their first in-class therapeutic approach aimed to dramatically improve outcomes. Learn more at amgen.com. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Cancer treatment has come a long way over the years. At the forefront of these medical advances are therapies known as biologics. Biologics are powerful and complex drugs made from biological products like antibodies or proteins and can come from all sorts of living sources, animals, plants, and even bacteria. In the last few years, biosimilars, agents that are highly similar to biologics for breast cancer treatment have been developed and introduced into the clinic. Today, I'm speaking with Andrew Spiegel from the Global Colon Cancer Association to talk about biosimilars in cancer treatment and how he has used his voice in patient-centered policy and other discussions to ensure safe biologic medicines are available and accessible to patients. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining me. This is a is a complex discussion. I hope you're going to make it easy for us. But let's start off. Tell us just about yourself and what you're working on. So uh, again, I'm Andrew Spiegel. I am the executive director of the Global Colon Cancer Association. We are an organization that is made up of the 50 groups around the world that deal with colon cancer from the patient advocacy side. I've been in the colon cancer advocacy arena since co-founding the U.S.-based Colon Cancer Alliance way back in 1998, 1999. So I've been in the space for over two decades and have really seen some really significant changes in, in medicines and in healthcare over that time that I'm happy to talk about. Wow. I can, I can only imagine what you've seen. I mean, medicine seems to be advancing so fast year over year. In the last 20 years, it's just really come a long way. So what's a biosimilar? Walk me through it. So the best way for me to describe in a non-medical way, what is a biosimilar is to start with first, what is a biologic? Mm -hmm. And a biologic is a form of a drug, a form of a therapy that people get now. There's over 1 billion people around the world now who have benefited from biologic therapies. So these are the -the state-of-the-art types of therapies. And it's not just in cancer. This is across diseases in skin diseases and in uh, rheumatology, in oncology, and really across the board, the biologics have made a really significant impact in the lives of patients, both making their lives better and and extending lives, of course, uh, for those who have serious diseases like cancer. Mm. Biologics, as you mentioned, they're made from living cells, living proteins. They're, They're alive. And um, what's different about that is that we're used to typical drugs being administered here by pills. Mm -hmm. We go to the pharmacy, we pick up our pills. Those are called chemical drugs. So what we have to do is compare chemical drugs to biological drugs to really know the difference. And the real difference is that a chemical drug is made from what you would expect to be chemicals. I give you the recipe, Adam, to make aspirin. It's a really small molecule. It's really easy to make. And I could give you the recipe to make aspirin and you could go and make aspirin with the ingredients just as well as bare aspirin can make aspirin because it's a chemical recipe. 
Right. If you have the recipe to make that chemical drug, you can make it just as well as everybody else as long as you follow that recipe and as long as you use the same chemicals. And it's expected that those chemical drugs will stay the same no matter who's making those because it's just simply following a recipe. And no matter who makes the recipe, it should basically be the same. And that's why for chemical drugs that everybody's used to, the pills that we get at the pharmacy or from the doctor, that's why we're used to generics being around. Okay. Because generics have proved over the years that they're simply safe and they're simply just as effective because you simply followed that same recipe to make the same chemical drug. When we're talking about biological drugs, it's a different type of conversation. And that's because these biological drugs are made from living organisms. So I could give you, Adam, the same recipe and you could try to follow the same recipe. The problem for you in making what would be called a generic to our biologic drug is that you don't have access to the same ingredients. Unlike that making of aspirin, I could tell you exactly what aspirin is made of, you can make it. I could tell you what a biologic is made of, but because it's made from an individual cell line, mm. you don't have access to that individual line of cells. And so the best that you can make is what we call a biosimilar. Okay. It's not an original biologic, it's a biosimilar. It's similar to the originator biologic drug. And that's the main differences between the chemical drugs that we're used to and a biological drug. The main difference being that you can't duplicate it identically like mm. you can with a, with a generic drug. One of the other differences between a biological drug and a chemical drug is the sheer size of it. Okay. If you, if you looked at the, the, the molecular makeup of aspirin, you could simply draw a quick schematic and it would be a very, very simple molecule uh, to make. If you're looking at a, a biologic, like a monoclonal antibody used mm -hmm. for cancer in, um, in a biologic drug, it would be comparing the, the makings of a bicycle to a jet fighter. <laughs> that would be the difference. It would be comparing okay. to a one bedroom apartment to a hundred story apartment building. Right. It's the size. It's the sheer size of the, and the complexity of the molecule that separates them from simple drugs uh, known as chemical drugs to these very complex, large biological drugs. Mm. So those are the main differences between biologics and chemical drugs. That actually helps a lot. It helps me to kind of wrap my mind around sort of how to think about this. So we understand the difference between biosimilars and biologics, and we understand that how they're different from generic drugs. I guess. What assurances do people have to know that biosimilars are safe and, and, and are going to be effective? So let's say um, a doctor prescribes a patient a biologic, biological mm -hmm. drug for their condition. Right. It may well be that now there are biosimilars out for that mm -hmm. drug. Patients should feel very comfortable that if a biosimilar has been approved by the FDA or by EMA or by the WHO, a, a really high level regulatory body, they should feel very comfortable that that drug is both safe and effective for them to take. Okay. With a biological drug, the FDA and other regulatory bodies have set forth a standard for approval. And you have to prove that these, these biosimilars are, quote, highly similar to the originator biologic, and that there are no clinically meaningful differences mm. in terms of efficacy or safety. 
Okay. So that's the kind of data that's required. You don't have to do patient studies. You don't have to run a clinical trial on your biosimilar because the idea behind the entire idea behind biosimilars is, is the same as it was for generics. You're trying to lower the cost of medicines, right? You know, by lowering the cost of medicines that uh, makes them more accessible, ideally to, to patients and to providers. And so if you can produce a biosimilar at a cheaper cost than an originator biologic, because you don't have to run the same kind of clinical studies you did, that makes them less costly to produce, makes them less costly for the patient at the pharmacy or at the hospital to get that biosimilar. So again, so again if, the, if the regulator has approved it, you could feel pretty comfortable that your biosimilar is just as safe and just as effective as the originator product. That's fantastic. So you mentioned availability. I'm curious about that. Um, how available are biosimilars to healthcare providers and then subsequently to patients? So the United States started developing a pathway for biological products in about 2010, about 11 years ago. Uh, Europe had started much before that, a number of years before that. And so Europe has had quite a head start in having biosimilars on the market. And they really have proved to be very safe and very effective in Europe. Uh, but in America, they've, uh, they've only been out for a couple of years. But in those couple of years, to date, there are 29 approved biosimilars in the United States, approved by the FDA. And of those 29 approvals, I believe there's about 19 that uh, are being marketed currently. Okay. And I think there's f- at least five for breast cancer. Wow. five biosimilars for breast cancer that are being marketed. So biosimilars have really penetrated the United States market recently and really around the world because regulators around the world are realizing that these are safe and that these are effective and they are saving money. They're saving significant money in Europe where these prices are coming in, you know, 15, 30%, in some places, 60, 70, 80% lower than the originator biologics. And that's not the norm. Wow. But yeah. there's definitely cost savings that are happening and uh, billions here in the United States will be saved by the use of biosimilars. Hmm. Wow. And they are available. They're, cut, they're available and there's many more coming. Wow, that's amazing. So I know this is, this is your area of expertise, so I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy to ask you this. So I'd love to talk a little bit about how biosimilars have benefited colon cancer patients to help us understand how they may also benefit breast cancer patients. What we have seen around the world and in the colon cancer community specifically is that there actually is data that shows when biosimilars are introduced into a healthcare system, that the costs, the overall payout of the healthcare system is lower and that the increased availability of the drug to more patients is greater so that more patients get access to drugs they wouldn't otherwise get access to. You'll see in some countries around the world that um, some regulators, some payers, some, some healthcare payers will only cover biosimilars because they're cheaper. And so in a, if you're in a country where you can't get access to the originator biologic, but you can get access to the lower cost biosimilar, there's proof positive that these biosimilars increase the number of patients they can access to these important drugs. And we have seen that in the colon cancer space and in other disease areas around the world. And I fully expect to see that happen in the United States where everybody's paying less and they're uh, having more treatment options. So the one promise of getting lower cost biosimilars is accomplished. 
Plus, there's increased treatment options then. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's times when a healthcare provider wants to prescribe a biosimilar to a patient after having a discussion with that provider and with that patient. Uh, And then there's times that a healthcare provider may not want a patient to be on a biosimilar. And where we usually see that is where you have a patient who has multiple uh, comorbidities or multiple healthcare issues. Sometimes it took that patient, like an autoimmune patient, it took that patient 10, 20 years to find the right cocktail of biologics for them to live a normal life. And most are in agreement that you don't want to mess with that person's cocktail that's working for them. Right. I can see in the breast cancer community as these biosimilars become more available, these conversations happening and patients have to have these conversations with their doctors about which drug is right for them. And then be prepared if uh, their their healthcare provider uh, decides that there's a difference between what they want the patient to get and what the insurer wants the patient to get. Be prepared for that battle to happen. Yeah. But I think the big takeaway from, from this whole conversation on biosimilars and biologics is that patients should not be scared to take a biosimilar. Mm. They should not be nervous about it. They've been proven, especially if it's coming from a reputable company that's been around and doing biologics and biosimilars for a long time. And an, and a uh, a top notch regulatory body like an FDA or an EMA or Health Canada or one of those have approved this drug. I think yeah. a patient should yeah. feel very safe that um, that that drug's going to be effective. Yeah. No, that, man, that is that is great, uh, Andrew. You've taken a an incredibly complex topic and you've made it understandable and digestible. And and I think most importantly, you've helped us to see that with the introduction of biosimilars there are going to be more options available, more more choice, and hopefully, ideally, lower costs in the future. So uh, thank you so much for your time today for joining us on the show. It's my pleasure, Adam. Thank you for having me. And thank you for covering the topic. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com. Thanks to Amgen Oncology for supporting the Real Pink Podcast. Amgen Oncology biosimilars are backed by four decades of experience in the research, development, manufacturing, and supply of originator biologics. Join the conversation at the Amgen Biotech Facebook page or amgen.com.